but I don't think Judd Apatow stands for that. I think he floats his own boat. Yeah, so yeah. He yeah. might be in this movie, and I might be a you know sort of hired as a principal actor. And turns out my name's as big as Albert Brooks and John Lithgow. I'm like, oh, you God, you're taking the piss here, Judd. Putting my name up <laughs> on you know, and minor letter as himself, Brian Parker, you know. Um, oh so the, the whole experience was, um, it was a fabulous bump, you know, for a number of years. And tonight by myself i really do <laughs> there we go welcome back oh, please <laughs> <laughs> i know fingers crossed everybody dude i i don't know graham are you good at are you good at the one-on-one -on -one when you're just talking to the internet or a screen have you mastered that no Oh, thank God. Thank God. I, I fucking hate every time I, I we literally since we started doing this, I think I've only had to do it like a couple times because anytime it's just me and I'm and I, first of all, you have to look at yourself and it's and it's just I don't I don't like any of this that's going on, you know, so like <laughs> it's just it's just brutal. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know where the camera is on these things. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't know right, exactly. You're always looking in the wrong direction. Yeah. Like, and okay, trying anyway. to see you, you're trying to see yourself looking yes. in the wrong direction. It's impossible. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. impossible. It's that I, one I, second of lag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't grow up with this kind of technology. You do understand. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, the other thing too is like even like I mean, I'm I'm 37, but like the, the people that are growing up, like the generation that's coming up behind me, they grew up in front of their phones, so they have no problem. Like yeah, making yeah. a video and posting it, they they have like such a huge edge on that. It's wild. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah it's, it's like they get iPhone 13s in the uterus and they pop yeah. right out with them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's them and and their like fetus brother or sister going. We don't talk anymore. You know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so right. yeah the, the phone is it comes with a uterus, yeah. day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is mind you, ladies aren't in control of their uterus right now, so who right. knows what they're gonna get. Apple took over. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. yeah. They're going to need a parent company to come in, actually, and like just mitigate between the United States and their uterus. That's what's going to have yeah, to happen. In, in certain states in America, you can have the phone come with the uterus. And that <laughs> you, you can't touch it. <laughs> it's going to be that long iTunes agreement. But for like, you know, like just women, they're like, do I have to read all this to agree to rights over your own uterus? Yeah, yeah. It, it's un, it's unbelievable, man, that all that shit happened. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, well, I, I, I've been um, sort of uh, throwing back a link to the song Coat Hangers, which I had on the record um, Three Chords Good, the, the GP and the Rumor reunion album from mm -hmm. about 2012 or whenever it was. Uh, after, you know, we, we had a reunion, I wrote a bunch of songs, and one of them was Coat Hangers, and it was basically in response to one of those periods when the Republicans are drumming it up. The problem with everything is abortion. You know, that'll solve all your problems. We've got to stop that. Right. And they're just throwing, you know, I always think this, the, the li liberals or whatever people who, you know, normal people who think women should have rights over their own body right. uh, are always totally worried about this is going to go away. I, I, you know, in America, I kind of feel that occasionally that comes up in conversation. One day the Republicans definitely want to stop you know, Roe versus Wade and kill it. And I always think, no, it's not going to happen. That is out of the question. It right. just can't happen. But I still wrote that song because it was one of those Republican drives where, oh, maybe this will work again. You yeah. Know, let's get everyone in a panic about abortions and things. And uh, so I just wrote that song about that, that kind of thing, but not thinking for a minute that in 12 years' time that they would pull it off. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, because you know they don't give a damn. It's just throwing red meat to the fake Christians and all the rest of it. Um, Absolutely, I mean, it's, it's just transparent the whole thing. But when you get the Supreme Court, who seem to be sort of above the law, they're their own 
I don't understand it as well as Americans do, but they're, they're their own branch of government or something. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I don't even really understand it. That like, there, there's still shit I'm constantly learning about it. Like every time I think I have a grip on the situation about what they can and can't do, and and I'm just finding out every day how little power the president has, especially when he's a Democratic president. For oh reason. yeah, no power at all. Yeah, right. But yeah. it seems like, it, to me, it seems like every time a Republican president comes in, he can just do whatever the fuck he wants, and oh, no one, is, yeah. yeah, and and yeah, Democrats yeah, yeah. are like, you know. Yeah, you had eight years of Obama, and he got one judge in there, you, didn't he? Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it just one? Yeah. And Trump, Trump gets a brief four years and gets three, and uh, they're just more efficient. They're alpha males, you know. They're way more efficient. And we have, you know, talking to Billy Joe Armstrong, you mentioned him saying, "I'm kind of moved to England. I've had yeah. it with America. Fuck America and all this." Right. I mean, I think someone needs to fill him in on on British Conservative Party. I think <laughs> yeah. they need to fill him in on the Tories because. You know, they are dismantling, you know, as much as they can of civil rights, human rights. They're doing they're doing a very powerful, sneak, but sneaky job of it, you know, in a more British genteel way. You right. Yeah. It's not as brash as Trump. It's just, a, you know, we have a sort of clown who's, you know, Boris Johnson. He's a funny bloke, isn't he? you know. Right. But, you yeah. know, unfortunately, the working class are conned by that because that's where I'm from. I'm from the I'm a victim of class education. Mm. which is, you know, that that's what we had in Britain in my period of time and, and beyond. Um, and so, you know, we're we're kind of impressed with these toffs, you know, I mean, toff, doff of the cap, you know, much superior. <laughs> and it's still yeah. going on. I mean, they still, I, I watched, you know, people who are relatives of mine who are older than me or my, you know, they're, they're, they think Boris Johnson's a lovely fella. I mean, from the yep. word go, when he was mayor, he was lying to them and oh, yeah. you know, pretending he got the freedom pass for old people when it was local councils and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's just, it's transparent, but, you know, so I'd, I'd give Billy Joe a bit of a warning, you know, to, to just think <laughs> about, he, he might want to go somewhere else, like, well, if he gets sent over, the tourists will send him to Rwanda anyway, because that's where they send <laughs> <laughs> that's where they send people who are escaping their war-torn countries you know right yeah yeah i mean i would I, yeah i england probably wasn't the wasn't my first uh choice either knowing what's kind of going on over there i have family over there too and they're just as frustrated with everything um yeah that you know especially with the pandemic because because they essentially ignored it even worse almost worse than we did um, right oh yeah but uh I kind of want to go to New Zealand, man. I don't know why New Zealand in my head seems like a safe haven. That president that they have is she seems amazing. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Good day. How are Hello. you? Hey, how are you? We're how back. are you, man? All right. Hanging in there. Yeah, just a little hiatus we took for uh, yeah. a few hours. Yep. We had a dummy run last night, but you got some footage out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, some, I'm on someone else's laptop now. Yeah. <laughs> A dummy run feels personal. I'm not going to lie to you. That feels like a yeah, jab. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only oh, here with my <laughs> with my ancient twelve year old equipment that uh, you know doesn't really like being on the internet. Anyway, yeah. yes, all good today. Thank you. Awesome, dude. Uh, congrats on the um, re release of the album, Another Gray Area, man. That uh, I'm super excited about that. That's like one of my favorites. Uh, is it surreal mm. for you to have it be like forty years? It is, yeah, because when Icono Classic Records uh, got hold of me and said they'd like to license it and put it out, license it from Sony, of course. So I, I said, yeah, well, why not? I'm okay with it. Re, you know, remastered, and it sounds good as well. I actually dared to listen to it. It's it, they did a good job, you know. Usually yeah. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> really, it's really scary. But they said it because it's 40 years, and I said, no, that's not right. I mean, let me get my calculator out. 1982. <laughs> that that can't be real. It's like my sixth album. You know, me and the rumor had finished then it was my first album without them it's it doesn't wow. seem that long ago and it's but it's 40 years yeah that's like wow. a sobering thought but um they've done a good job and, and people are, are appreciating it a great deal it seems yeah they, they, they've moved some copies and uh and uh then i put out this single that you're showing there the the picture of the humans are the mutant virus the most deeply offensive song i've ever written i'm proud to say <laughs> encouraging mass suicide of human beings <laughs> so it's you know, it's fun you know you know what you've had i i love that song because it's it's very you like you've had you've had such great songs and hits that are kind of speaking the same kind of message i feel like it's like you 
Kurt Vonnegut and Carlin kind of have that same disdain for uh, for humans, like human beings in general. Yeah, all. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you read the tweet of God. Do you? Do you? See I do. Tweet? Yeah, <laughs> he's great. I think he said something like, "Evolution can't be real because it's it's you know it's it's ma it's made you." <laughs> you know, I, mean, if God, I mean if god made humans what a dick you know i mean come on mate why did you do that right I mean, you know everything was going well for you you know and the same thing if it's evolution well that's just as bad you know um, yeah yeah we're, we're the troublemakers on the planet and uh <laughs> but yeah you know, it was a you know it's I, I wrote it for the good of humanity okay yeah. it's, it's enough already Bye -bye. Yeah, there's always a, there's always a pot like that's the thing like i think like if people listen to it just on the surface they'll see like they're like oh like fuck you you know what i mean like we're, we're not <laughs> we're not the disease but like if you listen to it there's a pot like the, you do have a sense of positivity towards it you know oh yeah i think most most of my fans have a sense of humor yeah most, absolutely majority not all of course but right most, right most know that, that you know I'm, I'm being snarky i'm having a laugh at the same time i've got a good point yeah humans How are the mutant virus yeah yeah how how often is I mean like it's weird because with the advent of the internet everybody gets to have a say no matter what and they and they get dubbed fans you know what I mean and they're really not do you find that when you're on the road though still like do you still get people to come up to you that just don't get it um not often you know usually you know they're, they're, if I look at an audience and it's a pretty packed house it's it can't be all hardcore GP fans I don't right. they, some some may have heard something. Some people right. may have come along with someone else, uh, but it's usually the if I if I do go out out and say hi to a few people, they're usually really you know they're usually really hardcore fans. It's hard to gauge it. I did mm -hmm. once I did a gig and two two people came came up to me and said we hated that song you did. <laughs> I said, said oh okay, and they said we're conservatives. Oh, I said oh, oh how amusing! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> And I, have, I do have fans who are, you know, quite strongly conservative. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking to you earlier about You Can't Be Too Strong, my right. first abortion song before Coat Bangers. <laughs> right. Coat Bangers one is actually totally relevant now, and I put it out 12 years ago. Um, and they, and it, it, they, they put Can't Be Too Strong in a conservative top 50. With right. you won't, I won't get fooled again by The Who at number one. <laughs> and I, I thought, well, there's a lack of nuance in their appreciation here, I think. But right. you know, uh, that's okay. I'll take any chart you put me in, really. But it's, <laughs> it's, it, you know, if you like it, you like it. But you, know, it, it, the, you have to think when you put a song out, it's fair game for anybody to interpret. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's fair enough, really. Just pay, the, pay for a ticket and come along. Yeah, even, yeah. Even if I play something that is just way too far off beam, like coat hangers, that got a bit of flack. Oh. Conservative type said on Twitter, you know, uh, that's it for, for Graham Parker. I've had it with him. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing with my snarky comments all this year? Just because I spell it out, you know, are you finally getting it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I know. It's a song. It's just hot air. That's all yeah. it is. Just think of a song as a lot of hot air. Yeah. yeah, I just imagine you kind of putting something like that out and then leave it, and then, and then just kind of chilling out on the on a beach, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like yep. And now coat hangers is out there. Enjoy, yeah. guys. <laughs> well, I told you so. <laughs> yeah how how good are you at? I mean, like, so you know, you put an album out, you put a record out, and then you're going to move on to the next thing. Are you good at leaving stuff behind? Do you find yourself going back to go? You know what? I could I can make that a little better. I could tweak it. I could add a lyric here and there. Well, what's done is done, and uh, you know, I mean, there's. It, it, I don't have a great temptation when you do it live. You're reinventing it. It's mm. it's always fresh. It's like it could be a new song, and it could be from 1976. Right. You know, to me, yeah. that is especially solo, where I do. You know, I'm free to sort of uh, get a different groove going. That's you know that I think. Oh, that's got picked up on something here. That's adding something. It's it's always good. But um, as far as albums are concerned, when I've done one, you know, I'm I'm. I'm okay with it for about six months. And then I think, nah, 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 nah. I, you know, and it's like, that's kind of spurs me to, to actually, you know, get writing. It's yeah. like, you've got some ideas, stop lazing around, try and do something about it and start the process. Yeah. yeah. Because um, if I listen to a song from a, an album that was made six months again, it sounded great listening to it, 
you know, just after it was out, it still sounded great. I'm enthusiastic. I know I've done a good job because that's mm -hmm. what I do. I always yeah. put everything into making the best I can. I don't do fillers. People might say that about a few songs. I don't. Tr I don't consider them that at all. Right. You know, I'm just doing. I'm doing the best with everything. Um, and so, I, if I listen to it back, like four months later, it's like, oh my god, it sounds very stiff. It's mm -hmm. all sort of yeah. hewn into living rock, as it were. It's it's right. a recording, and it doesn't go anywhere else now. Right. So I can't wait to replace it with something that sounds fresh to me. If it's only for me, you know, gotcha. like the recording sounds like it's just happening as opposed to being locked in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, as I said, with another gray area, the reissue, I was, I thought, Oh, I doubt if I'll listen to it, you know? And then right. I, you know, I did, I sort of forced myself and I think the remastering, you know, remastering, I'm not very keen on it. Uh, a lot of the times I think, no, the drums shouldn't have been so bright and shiny as that. No, that's, they, they, they're supposed to be dull. They're supposed to be, you know, it's, it was, right. we recorded it on tape. It's supposed to be a bit foggy. And now it's all made crystal clear. And I hear that with other artists. For a, for a, for example, I, 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 I suddenly felt like hearing, uh, like a Rolling Stone, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I saw it was online and it was remastered. And I, hey, I'll just download it, load it on iTunes and listen. Mm. And it was like, damn, you can hear the drums. Yeah. Oh, you, must, yeah. you couldn't hear the drums on the original, at least if you were listening on a bad stereo or on the radio. They sound like they're recording in, a, in another studio, possibly in another state. You know, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're really, but they're just, they're as powerful as they should be for some yes. reason. Like all the, the stuff is at the top, the top end of it. It's like a big triangle going down to the drums. Right. And the, the, the remastering made the drums kind of a part of it. And everything was too clear, too yeah. strong and, and powerful, which detracted from the power to me. So I, I'm, I'm leery about remastering. I mean, when people say they're going to do it for a reissue, I say, okay, whatever. Yeah. But this one, another gray area, it, was, it actually sounded rawer, much less slick nice. than it did because uh, at that point in time, I wanted the slickest sound possible so I could be the opposite of Graham Parker and The Rumor because right. that was my first album without them. And so, you know, Jack Douglas had done that record, um, Double Fantasy, the, the Lennon one, which you know, yes. I wrote a lot of tracks. And I thought, that is as slick as it comes. That's really different you know it's not there's no loose ends here it's really and shiny and bright but it's not overdone because the 80s hadn't quite completely kicked in then you know yeah. in like it was more than like mid 80s when the drum sounds got massive and ruined everything really um so you know i, I went for that and this this remastering i don't know somehow to me it makes it sound rawer so Somebody, they did a good job i forget the guy's name have, have a look on the credits of it some whoever buys it you know it's a good job yeah, it's you know it's interesting that you say that about the remastering stuff because I I li like I don't like to um, download because you know you have they have Apple Music and it's not even a knock on Apple Music I I understand it like I like that they're trying to compete with Spotify I guess or whatever but I never downloaded it because they they replace your music because I have like I I've, I uploaded everything onto my computer back in the day so any yeah. CDs. And even stuff that I downloaded off of Napster back in the yeah. day, you know, like, like there's, there's certain, there's certain. That's how my kids heard my music. They stole it from that Napster. I said, Oh yeah. Where'd you, where'd you hear that? Oh, Nap, got it from Napster. LimeWire. <laughs> LimeWire. Oh, LimeWire gave my computer so many viruses back in the day. Did it really? Oh, oh my yeah. God. LimeWire was the knockoff of Napster back because, you know, Napster was like getting shut down and everything and people were making a big deal about it. And then LimeWire came out and I think LimeWire was overseas. So they were like, you can't fucking touch us. But then, you know, you would download an album or something like that or a movie or whatever you wanted to download. And it would like just come with like a bunch of spam shit and all this other crap. And I'd be like, is it worth it? And I'd be like, yes, it is. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 A lot of stuff. I mean, well, now we've got it. It's, we got legal. We got the same thing, but it's legal. It's called Spotify, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and you guys don't get paid anything for it. Which no, is record companies cut the deals, but yeah. not for the artists, for themselves. Yeah. And, and comedians made a big wow. deal about it. And we said something about it. And then Spotify was like, oh, okay. And then they took all our shit off of oh, Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was like a really hard time. So okay, yeah. you're not on yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. But like so they they replace all the music. I I get like um there's a a song there's a there's a song I have uh Hang on Sloopy and I know that like 
Yeah. The, the the version I have for whatever reason has a line in it that's not played on the radio and it's oh, yeah. not on the album. <clears throat> and I love it. And I don't want to, but I know if I add it to Apple Music, they're just going to replace it with the remastered version they have and I'll lose that song. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and well, I'm, I've got I got a single at that somewhere, the, the original single. I nice. Think it was on, maybe it was on Immediate Records in Britain. I'm not sure now. Hang on, Sloopy. Yeah, what a single. Yeah, it was. It's a great yeah. and, it, and it's a great song. And I and I used to, <clears throat> you know, I researched, you know, the line because I was like, what is this? Why isn't it on the radio or whatever? And he had one different version with an X with an extra line in it. Like it's like Sloopy wears the red dress. Like he talks about a red dress in it, and it's just an extra line, and it's not anywhere else. And I'm like, I want that version of it. You and Apple one, yeah. Apple's like, no, you want ours, and I'm like, no, yeah. I don't. No choice. What do you think about like the because we were talking about the 80s earlier, you were saying like, what do you think about the kind of uh, resurgence all 80s shit has had? Do you like that? Do you feel because I know like I I was born in 84, so I didn't technically like live through it, but I love the 80s. And I don't know if that's just a, a, you know, I, I like everything coming back like, you know. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, there's good stuff in every era. You know, mm-hmm. and and yeah. as you you know, as years go on, you kind of soften a bit to the fact that the drum sound is sounds like a, you know every snare beat sounds like a ton of glass dropping off of a high building. You know, it's, <laughs> you know it, it works for some things. I mean, it 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 sort of it was the least rock and roll period ever. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. You know, it was something else. Yeah. But you know, I know I was in Man living in Manhattan between there and London most of them, so much of the time in Manhattan. And it was a blast, really. The actual mm-hmm. period was a blast. It was hopeful and there was money. There was a lot of money. Yeah. Especially in music. I mean, it was I had I had a great time. Yeah. You know, and, and uh at that point I'd been usurped by a lot more modern music. I mean, I should have been dead in the water, but I was thriving, at least in America, you know, it was right. The record companies yeah. kept throwing more money at me. I was still doing tours, substantial, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. records were still selling to a to enough degree that it was, you know. So I had, it, you know, it's just, um, you know, it wasn't the sixties or seventies, and, and mm-hmm. that, you know, which is where I was, you know, born in in nineteen fifty. Sure. So so that's the the treasure for me. The sixties with all those amazing bands, the beat, yeah. Groups. And yeah. then finding out where it came from, Tamla Motown, blues, soul. So right. you know, obviously, my reference is is that period because that's the that is the most powerful period often of your musical life. When as a listener, yeah, you, know, you hear something and it just blows your mind. It changes everything, your perception on things. Right. So it's it's yeah. important that you were you know if you were young in the eighties, you know, if you were fourteen or fifteen, it was probably just the same. Yeah, you, yeah, me in the sixties. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, plus all the, like, I've been watching those documentaries on like Laurel Canyon and stuff like that from like the 60s and 70s oh, yeah. and stuff. And it's just, it, it's, it seems like a time that you cannot go, you can't touch it. You know what I mean? Like there's so much came out of it. So many singer songwriters and stuff. It's, it's, it's crazy how influenced, I mean, yeah. how yeah, we all are by that, by still that today. Was that the documentary with uh, Jacob Dylan? As yep. MC? Yeah, I saw that. I, did, I was just recently on stage with him and the Wallflowers. Oh, God. Oh, they awesome. were playing at Bethel Woods, which is the original Woodstock site. Wow. And yeah. manager was doing their sound. And and uh, Jacob, I think, had come to a gig of mine years ago. And uh, mm. so I went there and got roped into playing I Fought the Law with them. You know, oh, nice, man. Um, what a band. Yeah, fantastic. That was a good documentary as well. I told my son, you should watch this bit of history, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was great. And I really like the people that he chose to interview, too, because I felt like, you know, it was nice to see that mix of yeah. like, you know, everybody in there and and, uh, and kind of like how they were influenced by that, that generation of music and stuff. Um, I when you were younger, were you always inclined, like musically inclined? Is that what you wanted to do for the from the very beginning? Um, well, I, I wasn't, I don't know about wanting to do it, but <clears throat> I get, you know, when the Beatles and the Stones came, I was like 12 years old going mm-hmm. on, you know, mm-hmm. before I was even 13 and it made everyone pick up an instrument yeah. because it wasn't, you know, these people I didn't really get like Elvis Presley and Buddy Holly. To me, it was like these guys, they're older than me, but they, they seem like they're mates. They seem like yeah. guys you know, yeah. Nick Jagger's from, you know, Twickenham or something. It's just up the road, you know. These are people, and there are people. This is our music, mm-hmm. and that's how it struck us. So <clears throat> it encouraged me to, you know, get a bunch of guys together and, and make a dress-up band. We couldn't play. We ignored that part of the equation. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
that sounds like hard. That looks like hard work. You probably, right. oh God, it hurts pressing the strings down. So we would look. <laughs> we would actually just we draw the. You know, we had the Beatle haircuts and a the black rockers with a polo shirt, and we we actually played to little kids in a garage. Wow. For three pe three pence, a threepenny bit, as it was called. And we'd, we'd, we'd come down the stairs and jump on a table in this room in a garage. And these little girls would scream. Because <laughs> that's, what, that's what you did, right? <laughs> and we'd just make a racket. We couldn't oh. play a chord. Um, and that's, that, it was the Beatles, the Stones, and all the rest that came with it. So I guess, you know, a lot of generations have their own version of it. And uh, mm. that was ours at the time. But, you know, it took me until I was 24 to get a record deal. I mean, I, I left home at 18 because that's what I thought you're supposed to do, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, if you're an adventurous kid like I was and, and, you know, wanted to know what was away from the suburbs of England. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, and, uh, so I, I, I did a lot of that. And then I, I, you know, hitchhiking and train and stuff. And on the way to Morocco, I did that trip, the Marrakesh Express kind of thing. when I was like, wow. wow. Um, and, were uh, your parents cool with you leaving? No, they they were. You know, I think they were pretty. They you know they 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 always encouraged me. They never stopped me. My dad took me to the ferry, drove me there. You know, both. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, he was. They but you know, they were they were cool with music. I mean, mm -hmm. when I, I finally got a record deal, they couldn't believe it, and they saw <laughs> me on the television. Wow! And I'd have a limo to pick them up to take them to a gig with two thousand people packed in. They were just like I can't, they couldn't believe this was happening. That's and, awesome. And uh, you know, one of my cousins said, "Well, I, I knew it would. I knew he had it, but I mean, I didn't show it for many years. I was just like reluctant to learn. It wasn't until I left home and then got turned on to the the hippie thing. Basically, I was a freak, <laughs> you know what we called a freak or a head in Britain. Mm -hmm. wasn't we didn't call ourselves hippies. It's the same deal. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought, James, you know, James Taylor, a strength, there was the psychedelic music, the heavy, you know, what you wanted to listen to and and stare at the ceiling and watch the right. witches flying out of you and stuff. <laughs> and, and, and freaking out, Hendrix is playing, and it's like, oh, my God, we're off acid, we're off, we're off. This is too much. <laughs> it was fabulous. But on the other hand, there were Joni Mitchell, there was uh, James Taylor and Neil, you know, whatever, there was – uh, Katie Souther, you know, and Jackson Brown came. It was just, uh, and I started to think, well, that is, you know, get a guitar, and I got a guitar. I was like eight, eighteen, going on nineteen, and started finger picking and stuff. Wow! And it was those kind of guys, uh, songwriters like that, um, you know, who uh, who really sort of got me kicked off into doing it seriously and realizing you have to have to actually put put the pedal to the metal and learn how to play here. And, yeah. and, you know, really get into this. And I did. And that's when I really started to write songs. By the time I was about 22, I was starting to get in gear, you know. So, I mean, it takes a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of steps. Some people are playing when, you know, they're playing clubs when they're 15, 17 and stuff. That wasn't me. I wasn't doing any of that at all. Wow. You know, I, I, I just, just somehow thought in the back of my mind, it will come good for me. But it wasn't until I thought, this is going to take work then it might come good for me. Give it yeah. a go. You know, that was basically it. Yeah. I was a lazy well, fucker, basically. When you were a kid, when you were a child, did you have dreams or aspirations of being anything else? Um, I, th I think the first thing I want to be was like David Attenborough. I mean, that, oh. was, that was the real passion, you know, to, be, to go and collect ex uh, animals from exotic locales for zoos. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. There's something on those lines, you know. I can see you. Yeah, I, I, I was really, I mean, I grew up in the country and I was, was so into nature and still am, you know, mm -hmm. and, and studying and, you know, learning things. Um, yeah. But, uh, of course, I didn't realize you had to be intelligent to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I was a victim of class system education. It's not yeah. <laughs> the credentials that you need to be David Attenborough. You know, um, I didn't yeah. really get that at the time. On the flip side, though, you could still narrate like a Nat Geo theme because, and I'm not knocking him, but Morgan Freeman does that narration stuff for oh, like all, yeah, all the space programs. But if you ever listen to him in an interview when someone asks him about space, Morgan Freeman doesn't know shit about space. No, no, you don't. Yeah, have so to. you could totally do that. Yeah, I could totally do it. I mean, David Attenborough said, you know, people think I'm this guy who pops up all over the world and I know everything. I don't. People tell me. 
<laughs> not experts. <laughs> I mean, he's a knowledgeable guy and all that, but you know, he's, yeah. he's admitting to I don't know all this stuff. That's <laughs> I hilarious. Know, I know bits of it. Yeah. Do you remember uh, like uh, uh, the first gig you felt comfortable? Like, because you said you had to work really hard at it and you, you were kind of building it and starting the clubs. But do you remember when you got into one and you were like, okay, I got it. I know what I'm doing. Um, well, yeah, I, I guess I took to it, but I was always filled with nerves. And, and uh, mm. basically, that's why my attack was so vicious. Right. You know, it was a bit before punk and I was out there going, ah, you know, and it, it just like, you've got to understand what I'm saying, you idiots. You know, I was right. just like, I was, that was my, because I didn't know how to sing. I had, I'd had no real practice. When you're writing songs, you're in someone's, you know, the girlfriend's bed sit or something or at home at your parents and you're whispering it. You know, that was how I learned to sort of write songs. I'm kind of, you know, doing this <laughs> whispering thing. So when I finally, my break came and, and I got a, you know, a manager and suddenly I got a record deal. Um, I just thought I, I didn't have any other response other than to scream very loudly, which, which butchered mm. all my, my ballads totally. But uh, it was effective with audiences because they'd never, they hadn't seen any, anything like it. A lot of them, you know, nice. and, it's, yeah. it was, and um, so it was, I think it was when you get comfortable is when you're on long tours and you're completely knackered and you mm. just get off and you do the show and you, you give it everything. And at some point on a four month tour, you know, it doesn't take long before. Okay. It's, it's a gig. Yeah. This is yeah. what I do. And I'm, you, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm rabble rousing around the stage and stuff, yes. that thing going. And that's when I'm realizing you control the audience. They want to, they want to like it. Right. They have a yeah. good time. So take hold of them. Yeah, that was something that I, you know, I, I tell people that today, like comedians that are starting out, I tell them the same thing because when I was younger, it was something I didn't understand either. I did not understand that the audience was secretly rooting for you and they didn't want you to fail. I always felt like it was like a me versus them thing in the very beginning. And then yeah. as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, like it's fine. We're on the same team. Yeah, it's sometimes it's difficult sometimes on a multi act bill for music because you're going to be different by definition than the next person sure. to some yeah. extent, and they may not like them, but they don't they don't know who you are particularly. Right. But essentially, they do they do want to enjoy themselves. So you know, yeah. do do your best. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, you, I never feel walking onto a stage is like it's like walking onto another planet. I always feel the same as like, I can't do this. What am I wow. doing here? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm in, an imposter. I'm pretending, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Yeah, I, the guitar, it feels like an elephant in my hand, you know, and, <laughs> and I have to relax and think of the song first off, not the audience. Mm -hmm. Think of the song, make sure you're not blowing your voice because it won't be a good show. Just, wow. just, just relax. And if there's something you need doing from a sound man, get that done. Mm -hmm. the first, you know, just after the first song or the second or third, you, by that time you say, I need a bit more vocal here and, you know, something. And then, you know, sink into it. Uh, but, you know, and at some point, you know, after the first song, if, I, if I'm lucky and it all sounds good and feels good and I haven't tripped ass over tit over the, over the table coming out of my guitar, right. which is always a threat because I'm very, you know, I'm not that organized. I mean, if I was better organized, it's like, where do I put the cable tonight? It's mm -hmm. like, did, are you just born? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Have I ever done this before? It's like totally new to me. Right. It's, it's a weird thing. But, um, uh, you know, if I, if I can control my act, then I can work with the audience and bring them along. Yeah. That's, I know. That's an important thing for me now. I know what you mean. And the imposter syndrome thing is like, it hits everybody. And I, yeah, I think it's universal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's and if that's another thing that I find, we were talking backstage earlier about things that comfort us that probably shouldn't. And that is one of the things, the fact that everybody deals with it makes me feel more comfortable about it. Because when you think you're alone and you're the only one who's feeling like you shouldn't be doing, you know, you shouldn't be up there talking to 200 people. Yeah. Then you're like, fuck, maybe I shouldn't be talking to 200 people. And then when you find out people who've been doing it forever, like it never goes away. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's scary, but it's comforting. Yeah. It, it, well, it, it's, yeah, it comes with the territory to a great extent. If, I mean, if it's someone who is so full of themselves, they think they're so damn good. Then, yes. you know, they're, they're not going to care as much. I mean, I care about it. So I, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to practice. You know, I, I did meet one singer songwriter once who's quite popular and he was doing solo and he said, well, you know, I can't rehearse for this. And I'm thinking, Hmm, let's see how this show is. 
Right. And he walks on and decides to do a Beatles song that he doesn't know and stops halfway through. It's like, okay. Then his guitar starts going terribly wrong. And I think, and it's like, man, rehearse, you know, yep. get your shit together, rehearse, know what your set is, you know, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, is, it is. It's one of those things that you cannot like, I know people who do the same shit in stand up too, where they're like, I'm just going to wing it. Uh, I'm just going to go see whatever happens, happens. And like, you're like, oh my God, like, that's like, you should at least think of something first. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, I think like, in the framework of professionalism, you do wing it a lot because yes. you're solid ground. And right. You can, you can flip off of it and you can, you know, you can make something of it, but you got to bring the audience with you by being good in the first place. I think. Absolutely. Wow. That's a really great way to put it. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. Because yeah. there's too many people that start out new and they think, because you know what, when they're new, they think that's exactly what you're doing anyway. They don't understand yeah. the work and shit that goes behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, it's you're, a job. when you're writing, because like, I know like your lyrics have meaning and there, and there's a lot of nuance and stuff to it. Do you write lyrically first and then add the instrumentals or do you, do you kind of do it side by side? I might get to lyrical ideas, a line and write mm -hmm. it down, but unless I've got the guitar, it's, it's a functional thing for me, the guitar and the voice. Okay. They, they, they do come together. Although, uh, these days I can write like a, a verse and think maybe that will work. And mm -hmm. sometimes it almost does, but mm -hmm. there's, you know, basically the, the real, the real meat and potatoes of the song is for me is just, you know, basically gutting it out with a guitar mm -hmm. and thumping it around and trying to find a, an angle for the melody to drop into that, as opposed to the obvious one that comes with the chords. Right. You know, I often, some songs start with the second chord instead of the first one, instead of the key it's in, stuff like that. Okay. Um, I found out when I was doing the Judd Apatow film that Happy Birthday does that. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> really birthday to you, and now I'm in the key that the song is in. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's, um, it's, it's often that, that is often the most inspiring way of getting. Mm. Um, a song, you know, the melody to work with the chords that you don't start from the obvious place. Yeah. And then you also do a bridge or something that may not be totally obvious, but on first listen, it may be to, to people. And then it may be like, no, it's, not. you know, so it's, it's, it's a whole mix of things. I can't, you know, can never clarify into one thing. Right. It's, it's not something I learned in college. You know, it's not, it's not a yeah. process. It's a process, but it's not a process that abides by complete rules. Right. Um, no, I totally understand. Yeah, it's you know, and it's also ten percent inspiration, ninety percent perspiration as well. It's work. <laughs> it's work. I mean, and these days, I, I, you know, I'm not doing an album a year or even like the first year of my career, two albums. Um, it's you know, I've got three to five years, and I'm I'm really honing every song a lot more. I I kind of enjoy this a different kind of form but it's still the same thing you know an inspirational thing is okay whoa that just took off right there right you know, there it is that's yep. the song now it's my duty to protect it and um and 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 do the very best i can to get the band to know the song pretty much as good as they can mm -hmm. so in the studio the job gets done and, and like you're playing live and naturally sorry about that someone right no it's <laughs> um it's yeah. a bank uh yeah. I mean, i'm actually in a bank borrowing it up here. <laughs> nice look around it's got, it's got an avocado tree at the bank here. It's, it's an bank. you just ran out of pens that's all you're just collecting some bank pens from capital yeah you, i do i get a handful of those i, I walk out going, it's another load <laughs> i was just gonna grab i have like a whole thing on my desk right here. that's fucking great um what how did the judd apatow thing come about man was that like because you don't did you want to do any acting like was that your every pop singer wants to be an actor which is yeah. a bad idea every actor <laughs> wants to be a pop singer that's even worse right so, yeah it's always there because you you know when i watch movies i think these people are the shit not this music lark it's nonsense you know this is yeah <laughs> And, 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 but that, that was, I'd, I'd recently got on the, on the email and stuff and, and by some whim or some mistake, I reformed the rumor without, you know, without thinking it through, you know, and I realized Shit, this is going to cost me a lot of money. I got guys in different countries. I'm paying for this these days. Right. <laughs> involved. 
And then suddenly there was, there was some money invested in this whole thing. It was weird with the, the, the publishing company I was with at the time and they started a record like, so suddenly there was, it was, it was everything fell together ridiculously. Is wow. like, and so the rumor on board and I'm, you know, saying, okay, I'll, I'll make the plans. We're going to do it in the USA and the studio is great engineers work with me. Everyone went along with it. And then John Apatow calls up my publishing company and says, uh, can I get hold of Graham? It was like a week or two later. Wow. And I said, give him my number. Let's go. And I met with him in New York and he said about this film that might, might have a part for me in this musician who basically destroys a small record company by his complete unpopularity. Unpop <laughs> <laughs> label who's signing people from the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s. Like, what can possibly go wrong? You know, <laughs> by somebody who doesn't realize records don't sell anymore. They've stopped. You know, right. <laughs> it's not going to work. And so he signs me, and I'm I'm like the record he's got at the moment. He thinks he's going to save it. I say, oh, I'm. I'm a natural. I can destroy this record label. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said the job, by the way, I've just reformed the loop, the rumor. And he's wow. headshot back because I, you know, it's one of those things 30 years later. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to do that. And I right. said, no, I'm never going to do that. And suddenly <laughs> it feels absolutely right. It all feels right. And I said to Judd, you should put them in the movie as well. And so he did. I mean, they, they, I still, you know, uh, up until recently, I think they were getting a few residuals because they were actors, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> oh man, it was a, it was a it was an unbelievable experience to have the room and say, "Oh, by the way, we're we're probably going to be in a Hollywood movie, unless wow. Universal access uh, throws us out of this." But I don't think Judd Apatow stands for that. I think he floats his own boat. Yeah, so yeah. He yeah. might be in this movie, and I might be a you know sort of hired as a principal actor. And turns out my name's as big as Albert Brooks and John Lithgow. I'm like, oh, you God, you're taking the piss here, Judd. Putting my name up with it, <laughs> you know, in minor letter as himself, Brian Parker, you know. Um, oh so the, the whole experience was, um, it was a fabulous bump, you know, for a number of years. And me and the room made two albums and were wow. actually together for longer than our original period in years. Wow. We, didn't, we didn't do as many albums. Right, but Martin Bellman, the guitarist, pointed out to me we were together longer on this stretch than the first stretch. Right, wow. you know, I mean, in those days that like, we were doing four months tours, and then somehow I'd write a record album, and and we do a recording, and then go off for another four months somewhere. Yeah, it was obviously different. We were just, you know, but we did we did a, a substantial amount, you know, for reformed group of our our years, you know. Yeah, yeah. How was it coming back with everybody? Was it just like the old times? Um, we had a blast, really. I mean, I knew what I was doing now. And I yeah, wasn't, yeah. you know, it was like, I, I'm the boss here. I'm sorry. You know, this is how the song goes. Right. And everyone was yeah. like, fucking great. We've got someone who's leading us instead of five people. You know, because yeah. I was, I didn't know what I was doing on the first album. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in a professional studio with musicians, all of whom had more experience than me. Wow. All of them, even the guys who were younger, the drummer and the bass player. Right. Stephen Andrew. They, um, they, they played live. They played in a few, you know, venues here and there in London and what have you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other guys, the Brinsley Schwartz band guys and Martin from the band called Ducks and Lux, they had record deals. You know, the, the, they unfortunately, it was in the, the time of prog prog rock and their kind of music wasn't really cutting it. So now they didn't have record deals. Now they were broke up. But they, they were more experienced than me. So this time out, I've, I, I know how to arrange a song, and uh, and when you, when you hear it, it's like, yeah, that works. We don't have to destroy it and rip it apart and <clears throat> put in the the sort of additions of mu of, of a you know musicians with more experience. It was all it was everything was added in the right place at the right time, and um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't believe it really, and and it, everyone just laughed the whole time. It oh, was a great. Roar and it all got filmed and stuff and oh, came nice. out the documentary and some of it is on the uh, quite a bit of it on the Blu-ray of uh, This Is Forty, you know, which is a great Blu-ray. Yeah, of I've seen. I, I I have it. I love it. It's one of the few. Like I, I stopped buying Blu-rays a long time ago, but that when that came out, I was like, I need it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. And and I you no, know, me and the rumor had our own um, record put out, our own. A DVD or whatever it was of, of you know that came out as well and mm -hmm. um, 
you know, with us just playing all the songs all strung together as opposed to just a bit here and there. Yeah. It was in the movie. And we got a very fair shake in that movie. John is a serious music fan. And he, he's, you know, I'm one of the many, many, many people he just lo loves. And he, and he gives, you know, when he's going to give someone a fair shake and say, yeah, I'm going to use some of your music, he does it. He, wow. You know, he backs it up. If he wants yeah. it and it works, he's going to back it up. I've had so many people over the years in that position say, oh, I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's nice. Are you going to add to that and tell me you're going to put one of my songs on your latest movie that will be a hit? Right. No, they're not. Marketel, <laughs> <laughs> however, can fit it in because it can fit in. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he can do it. And he's he's a serious man. And he's he's great. You know. Yeah, th there seems to be a real resurgence for that kind of stuff, though. Like, I, I, I really like, because I'm, I'm thinking, I, I am, I love music, man. I feel like music to me, like we just said about actors, like, like every pop star wants to be an actor. Music to me is like magic. You know what I mean? Like, it's still like that thing that, like, there's nothing like hearing a song you love. It picks you up. I love seeing bands live. It really is. I feel like a kid every time I see like you or somebody else perform live, because I'm like, how are they doing this? Like it's so yeah, it's so yeah. weird, you know, it is. It's like the, the lyrics hit you the right way. Oh yeah. That's it's just the best. comedians. I think, God, how do you string that all together like that? <laughs> Not stop and go, um, uh, I've lost my track here. Well, what was the punchline? <laughs> I mean, I, it's all it's all work, it's all an art. But um yeah, yeah, it's it's I, I, there's nothing that really beats, you know, uh, an audience reaction playing live, you know, the whole thing yeah. I saw a few people doing my uh, my agent in the UK said, I've got this thing going where we're, we're putting bands on with no audience. You know, the pandemic was in full oh, yeah. swing. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you could do it. They're selling a lot of T-shirts. And I thought, well, here, take a look at the link. And I looked and I thought, oh, man, I don't think uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. There's a, this, they're, they're there, a band, and they're talking to, you know, sorry, there's no audience here. But, hey, yeah. here we are and playing to an empty room. Yeah. No, I, I suppose it's it was okay for the for the for that period, definitely. But yeah, you know, if you get this audience reaction, if they know their stuff, if they know what you're doing, or even if they don't, and they suddenly think this is good, and they get into it, that that reaction just is that that kind of makes it. What yeah, absolutely. About it. So yeah, there was something kind of dead inside about doing that. I mean, we like you said, it was necessary for the time. But anytime you had to go on a Zoom thing to perform or do something, you were like, oh, this is fucking eating my soul. Yeah, now and again it was okay, but you know, yeah. As, yeah. As, as the new form of doing things, I don't think it will quite replace the Absolutely. volume of people. You know, how did you use that time during the pet, like when during lockdown and stuff like that? Were you going crazy, or were you kind of using it creatively? I was just getting high, you know. That's it. What, what are you? I was exercising. I was in London when it okay. down. I'd been on a holiday in Mexico and it was coming and I was, I was on my way back and like, boom, it hits. And it was the sunniest spring on record in, in England. You could walk anywhere. So I was fine. I'd go out and, and exercise. I'd meet up with mates outside the local pub, which was closed. We'd bring our own beer. So <laughs> that was illegal, you know, yeah. you know, but at least, at least we were sitting there openly. We weren't like Boris Johnson hiding it in his, in his, you know, in his digs. <laughs> you know, we no, we were at least openly hypocritical. Right. <laughs> there were no police around anyway, you know, the streets are, there's no, there's nothing. There's in the sun and we were sitting outside the back of a pub in the sun with the nice. street in full view and nobody, but you could walk everywhere and all the shops, local shops were open, mm -hmm. you know, small shops. There's the corner stores like the Indian Pakistani stores, which are yeah. vital in London. You know, those guys know how to do business. Right. <laughs> they, they realized they were going to get closed down unless they were legitimately selling food. So you, you just, you know, you watched it at the very beginning of lockdown. There's all these guys feverishly building things outside. Yeah. Shops, and suddenly yeah. they're full of fruit and vegetables and the shops open. Yeah, you know, and we're talking about the most narrow shops. You're going to get COVID. You know, nobody could buy a mask. You couldn't get tested. The, the The National Health Service said, you know, don't call us unless you think you're about to die. Basically, <laughs> de facto, wow. and and because they were swamped, of course they were. Right. Um, but no, largely, I got away with it, and I still got on a plane in June and came to America.
Oh, people wow. didn't do any gigs, but it was easier then than it was in 2021 when it was. Yeah, very I think big. there was like a small window of yeah. time where literally yeah. nobody was flying yeah. at all. So you could get yeah. on a plane and it was like your own private jet. Yeah, you did not have to upgrade. Right. Just whoever you are, go into go into the <laughs> lowest form of economy. You're okay. Yeah. You know, you're the separated. pilot was like, if you want, you can be co-pilot. Uh, there's yeah, nobody else here. here. Yeah, so I did manage to get over in 2020, which was great. Uh, nice. it was just a, but I could see, you know, this could go on a bit here. You know, yeah. This, yeah. this is not going to be good because it it wasn't going away. And, and you know, the human reaction is, oh, a few weeks, we'll clear this up. You know, it's a blip <laughs> in the radar. But it didn't seem that way with this particular virus. We, we were no. warned. Yeah. We were warned this this one was a pig, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been other yeah. SARS, loads of SARS type viruses from bats. It's the same thing, but this yeah. one really had its game together. It really yeah. had its game <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. And, and and the crazy thing is, is like even now it's not completely oh, no. like like gone, but it, but we've kind of gotten to the point where we're like they're like, hey, you know, a million dead. And people are like, Yeah, I know, but there's this restaurant my wife and I love on ninth. So mm -hmm. we're gonna go, you know, <laughs> they don't care. And the vaccinations are truly protecting uh, um, a lot of people, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it can still go either way, I think. But totally. For the I mean, large part, uh, you know, I'm hearing that people are getting over it. They don't feel as though they have to be admitted to hospital. Right. You know, like the earlier rounds of it, you know, it's, it's the strain the, has changed a bit. But I think, you know, that's the thing, vaccination. You know? yeah. 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 I mean, I got it a couple months ago, uh, Omicron. And I was down for like a few days, but also you don't have to go to the hospital when you get it. But I did because I'm a, a hypochondriac and I was like, I'm yeah. definitely having a heart attack. And yeah. they were like, you're too young to have a heart attack. <laughs> like, that's not always the case, man. That's a bit optimistic. You never know. Come on. That's true. That's what I yeah. said. But it was literally, <laughs> I, I literally, I got to the hospital and they were like, literally, this is so funny. I'm sitting in the hospital because I'd, I'd gone to the, uh, to get, cause I took a home test and the home test came back negative cause they're fucking garbage. Right. So yeah. then I went to get a PCR test at like the hospital close to me. So I went to the ER and then I had this one nurse that was there and he was like, yeah, you know, it's a bummer. You got COVID. I'm like, okay few days go by i'm basically over it at this point but then i got like in my head about it and i was like oh my god i don't know i feel like my heart's on down i go back to the hospital and the dude the same nurse sees me in a in the in there with like the whole thing strapped around me and he goes the fuck are you doing back here <laughs> but i was like i don't know man i think i'm and he was like you're fine get the fuck out of here <laughs> it's yeah. like oh, all right which is yeah, and you're you you'd be the one to die, of course. You'd walk outside and have a heart attack. <laughs> that's what I was I told you so. Yeah, that's that's what I was, dude. I was like, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> they don't know me, they don't know my body. Exactly. We, we both had that similar experience, except I had taken an edible post having COVID, and I'm like, I th I think I'm having a heart attack. I was like, this yeah. could be a clot. I I made my wife drive me a gr I'm a 40-year-old man going to the emergency room. I'm like, listen. Full disclosure, I ate an edible. <laughs> I've been a little bit strong. She's like, you're fine. She's like, I'm going to do run all the tests, but maybe well, you just you, had too watch, much. Watch out for the amount of milligrams in that edible and half it next time. You know, come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now it's only oh. half a gummy worm. No more no, yeah. no more full worm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it stresses you the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, man, I was like, I was losing it for a, a couple of oh, you, you know, I was talking, I talked to Tom, I would call him at like one or two o'clock in the morning. I'd be like, I think this is it. I was like, I was like, uh, <laughs> like fucking red. I was like Sanford and son. I was like, yep. I'm coming. Like, I am. Yeah. Coming. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, calm the fuck down. I'm like, no. That's, yeah. I'm exactly the same as you. If I get a cold, I think that's it. I'm done. You know, if, if anything's weird about me, I think it's over. It's all yep. over. That's it. I'm done. I Absolutely. I, had, I had a tennis accident the other day. I mean, you should see my leg. A pop calf muscle. Down I went. And oh, it's like, man. that's it. I, that's the end. Yeah. yeah. I've <laughs> got, got, got to recover from this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have the fortitude. <laughs> I'm the same I, thing. I, I, I tore my rotator cuff and I and I literally thought like I because I was at you know I'm I'm still going to the gym, I'm doing all this shit. And then finally, like something happened where I couldn't I literally couldn't do this. Like it was all and I for like a month, 
I was like, they're going to have to operate. I'm not, I, I'm a righty. I'm going to, you not going to be able to do anything with my right hand anymore. And like the, literally the, the guy at the gym was like, you're going to, it'll just put some, you'll, you'll be fine. Like, I think you're going to be fine. And I was like, <laughs> you're just so fine, man. Well, I'm we, gonna be winter well, soldiering it with a metal arm. I'm gonna have to, you know. <laughs> yes, that's what you'd be like. Yeah, <laughs> those are my kind of visions. Oh my god, I'm gonna have a prosthetic. I don't know. Kill me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't deal with it. It's too much. Um, yeah, if I get, you know, well, we're men. If we catch a cold, it's a man cold. It's not like what a woman does. <laughs> it's a totally different thing, man. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I just lie on the couch. Oh, you know, women, can you drop? grapes into my mouth there's <laughs> a cold it's very uh... yeah and meanwhile they're they're pregnant with a cold going to work 24 and they're like doing all this shit at the same time and we're like have at it i don't know how you do it yeah yeah i know yeah thankfully it's not us <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh <laughs> just man colds. when you know when i was a kid this is when i was a kid i didn't even know what like you know i'm talking like five six years old have you know no clue what sex is no clue i still don't but no clue what's going on about, none of know. us do it's all of, yeah. like, what is, what's going on it, down there i'm not yeah. quite sure yeah. <laughs> but, but i remember being a little kid and thinking thank god i have a penis so i don't have to get pregnant oh, i don't yeah. know why I, that was a thing to me where i was like dodge that fucking bullet like at five yeah you had yeah. the right attitude there yeah thank goodness because yeah. you, you're gonna know that's that can't, that's gotta hurt isn't it sure oh my god i can't <laughs> even fucking imagine we'd be dead we would be cru like that'd be it if i had if we had to pass anything like that fuck it yeah yeah oh, i don't even gonna happen yeah yeah i know we'll that's why i drink a lot of water they say kidney stones are very similar to pregnancy and i never want to know it oh. i want to know what it's about yeah that was it I've, I've done that where i've drunk that beetroot juice you know squeezed beetroot juice yeah oh, it has a yeah. delayed reaction the next day it looks like cranberry that you're pissing you know <laughs> i get i get that effect and is that that's it kidneys it's done i do the same thing i'm jumping out the window that's it i'm done i'm over yeah, right. Well, default Frank Sinatra's "My Way" starts playing in my head, and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's closing. I did it way. Humans are the mutant virus. Humans yeah. are the mutant virus. Is there a high tower around a volcano? I'm jumping. <laughs> I, I'd be oh too my chicken. god! Frankly, I'd be too chicken. Yeah. Oh, dude, I know. Right? Me too. That's it. I think that's the only. I think. I think procrastination and being too afraid is the yeah. two things that have kept me alive. It's like if yeah. even if I wanted to think about killing myself, I'm like, you know what? It's already 10 p.m. Uh, <laughs> I'm just yeah, gonna call it a night. Maybe I'm past it at the moment. And what? Uh, oh my god! I better tidy up. <laughs> no, I can't leave this for people. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me shower. I'm shower first. Let me do that kind of thing. Yeah, better be clean. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe I should get like a, a an adult diaper because you know <laughs> I, mean, I don't want all that embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love it. Um, what, so you this Sunday you are where again? Oh, this Sunday I've got a, a gig, multi-act bill. I don't do a lot of those hardly ever these days. Um, on East Meadow, Long Island. This is Very on nice. July the 3rd, Sunday, I believe it is. Yeah. And um, there's an act on, I think it's Chris Milo. Um, then there's, it's Livingstone Taylor, solo. Mm -hmm. Me, solo. And then John Waite with a full band, the whole, nice. the whole business. And David Bromberg, the nice. one and only. That, well, that's nice. and it's um on at the uh, the Harry Chapin Theatre. There you go, and that is Beautiful. in the correct order, I believe, as far as I know. And uh, it looks like uh, you know, uh, something I haven't done for a long time. Be on one of those bills where there's other acts, and you, yeah, you, yeah. you're scared shitless. What it's, it's gonna be great, man. <laughs> we should see. Is it is it is tickets still available, right? Oh yeah, as far as I know, yeah. This, you know, I don't know how often they have these kind of things. I think the theater is a, you know, it's it's just a place that's it's been there for a while. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Of all the details. I'm not sure of all the details, but there it is in Long Island. Nice I'm, man. You know, and are you going to be playing humans? Are, humans are the. Virus? Yes, I, I should be playing that. Yes, as long awesome. as I can get my, this hand around the uh, the cord. That's you know. Uh, <laughs> Because you need a lot of thumb work on the on the neck of the guitar to play those chords, but you know, 
Oh my God, if the, the humanity. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Can your daughter play? You should get her to fill in for you, but stand next to her with the hand just like there. Yeah, I, I need something like that. My daughter, my son's in LA. I can't get him. I'll get my daughter to, to you know, to, to come along. She can, nice. No, she, she's more of a drummer. She plays a bit of guitar. So oh, nice. I think I think I better get some, get her to study very quickly. Okay, yeah. get, get her to play it. Those chords that I'm not reaching properly, you know. Right, right. No, it's going to be. It's, it sounds like it's going to be good, and um, I'm quite excited about it. Fantastic, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. Nice. Tom, you and I should go. We should go. I agree. All right, me and you are going to start working this out. Some of these. Yeah, let's these do it. Yeah, let me know. Maybe I can hook you guys up. Oh, know? great, man! Wonderful. That'd be lovely. Yeah, awesome. Let me know if you want to do it, do that. We'll do. I'm, um, I'm going to ask. Situation is, but I've got a tour manager working with me. He can hook people up. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll shoot you a text. Um, and I'm going to ask you the three questions that we ask every guest, uh, on the show. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. First question is if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self at any age, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Um, floss. Oh, if, all right. If you, advice. If, if you don't floss, you will lose your teeth. Shit. All right. Great. That's advice. it. Yeah, love I mean, it. That's you know, it's important. I've got a lot of expensive American dentistry in here, man. That you know, <laughs> backs me up. Yeah. True. Yeah. All what right. else? I don't, I don't know anything. You know, everything no. else is more important than that, probably. So I'll stick with that one. Well, you great. Boss, you'll lose your teeth. I like it. We, <laughs> we've never had a good advice. dental message on the show yet, so I appreciate. No, that. it's time. It's yeah. time. Man. Thank you. Um, and second question is: What had to end in your life? good or bad that led you to where you are today say that again what was the beginning of that what had to end in your life good or bad that led you to where you are today oh what had to end before yeah. good or bad before that yep. got me holy smoke that's amazing i don't know what had to end um uh god could you have prepared me with that question? It's funny that you say that because sometimes, I mean, we, we get that reaction a lot. I, sometimes I feel like I should let the guests know ahead of time, but sometimes stuff pops up. I don't know what I should do. Uh, probably, um, you know what? Laziness is one of them. Okay. Nice. Um, you know, if somebody said to me, what kind of people don't you like? I'd say dawdlers. Yeah. I mean, procrastinating. It's not that I don't like them. It's just one of those no, I things. That I, I see this procrastination going on and a lack of will to be inspired by something. Yes. A lack of will to follow through. Um, so that that's what I did that made made me get to who I am and what I do. And it was like, put, put the grunt work in. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree, man. It's frustrating yeah. too because I, you know, uh, so. I'm the same way where I've kind of gotten over it a little bit, but I still tend to do it. And then sometimes I just have to snap myself out of it and go, just fucking do the project. It's going to be good. If you just sit down and you focus, you're going to enjoy yeah. it, you know, cause there's all this other excess shit in your brain that tells you it's not going to work. It's not going to be great. People are going to hate it, whatever it is. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like just do it. And it'll turn out. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now that's wearing off. Of course. I just want to laser <laughs> on now. I just wanna, yeah. And, we have, you know, there's books. So there's Kindle. I got a Kindle. I've got Netflix. You know, phones. Yeah. There's phones. Like, yeah. I, just, I mean, <laughs> so it's it's all wearing off. But I would say that was that was the the step. Nice. You know, I mean, you need energy for that. I've, I've, I think I've got hyperactivity and probably always have. You know, Same. I mean, if I was a kid now, I'd be on Adderall or so whatever it is that stops. Same. You know, then we called it being a kid. You know, yeah. mean, uh, it's like some kids are bonkers. Graham happens to be one of them. You can't, yeah. you can't sit still. <laughs> like a nutcase. Yep. But, All know, my report cards said that. John's John's a nice, John's a good student, blah, blah, but he won't shut up. He won't stop moving. He won't yeah. stop talking to the girls. He won't yeah. stop, you know, and I'm just like every report card when I was a kid. And people were like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, now, now it's like, well, what drugs can they be on? What yeah. can they yeah. I know, probably fair enough, whatever, but some there's degrees of this. I'm, you know, I'm talking from my point of view. But it was a bit of hyperactivity that, that got me to do things, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. It sort of came through a bit back from being teenage, being a kid to when I was in my early 20s. It was like, you know, take the inspiration and let it move you. And then you're, yes. you know, you're, you're jumping out of your skin, but you're doing something about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, you just need yeah. to be aimed in the right direction most yeah. of the time. Um, third question ties in with the show. It's completely goofy. So you can say, you know, 
do whatever you want. Uh, if this was a genuine dystopia more than it is now, um, uh, if there was aliens or zombies, a uh, uh, comet heading toward the earth, whatever your choice is, but it's everybody's last day. How would you like to go out? Yeah, there'd be some alcohol involved. I think. <laughs> <laughs> there might be other things yeah. involved, uh -huh, uh -huh. but to a moderate degree, because you want to be, you know, able to feel this thing. You want to, yeah. you know, love it. Yeah, come on, feel this thing. You know, this is yep. a once in a lifetime, even if it's the end. Right. Um, That's a great answer. That and great um, and eat some good stuff. You know, eat something nice. good. Yeah, you know, enjoy what's left, and then okay, I guess we're stuck with it. Let's Love it. Bring it that's on. A, that's some great advice for life. Yeah. I feel like right. That hey, just, like, I am the man. Right? I'm, a, I'm actually a you know a personal coach for a lot of people. <laughs> <isn't it>? um, <laughs> Although basically, I'm thinking, what am I saying? I don't believe this crap at all. But I'm, I'm, help, I'm helping people. I'm helping you guys right now. You are. I got filled with. I was yeah. like, yeah, get a nice buzz going. Get some good food. Always. All right. That's a great way to go. Um, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on, man. Oh, our fan Jackie said no questions, but Graham has gained a new fan, which is oh, great. Thank you. That's very nice of you, Jackie. Whatever, nineteen. Yes, very good. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I've, you know, I'm a fan of these guys right here, and, and you know, these, they, this is a good show. You do a Thank good you job. So much. It's, a, it's a laugh. That's you know, Perfect. always with a bit of humor, grasshopper, as I like to say. Very nice, Indeed. man. Thanks so much, dude. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and spending time with us. I really appreciate it. All right, it was well, such a pleasure. Fantastic. Thanks yeah. for having me. And we'll me. see you Sunday. Be very yeah. well and keep flossing. Yes, <laughs> you shall. <laughs> yeah, give me a shout about Sunday. Okay, man. We'll do. Have Take good. care, man. Peace, guys. Bye. Peace. Bye bye. Dystopia tonight.